What's up, Hawks fans? Welcome to this March 2nd edition of Sweater Weather, a Chicago Blackhawks podcast. As always, I'm your host, Luke, and I'm joined once again by Abe. How's it going, Abe? Man, I am so tired today. Yeah? Went to the gym last night, got home at about 9 o'clock, stayed up watching that crazy Bulls game, which went into four overtimes. Yeah. Which didn't end until about 10.30, and then I woke up at 5 to go to the gym again. So yeah, it's yeah. I'm tired. I'm paying for it. Yeah. Can't skip leg day. <laughs> yeah, I had um uh I had my hockey lessons this morning. Uh I wish you didn't work Saturdays or I, I would drag you with me. <laughs> uh I guess I I could maybe try to drag Adam with me, but I know he's got the the back problems. And, I don't want to... Well, so do you. <laughs> sort of. I think his are worse, though. I actually woke up with a sore back this morning, and uh, I went anyway. My back didn't hurt the entire time I was there, and then as soon as I got back in the locker room, it started hurting again. <clears throat> Never get old, kids. No. <clears throat> okay, so uh, let's dive right into this. Um, so we've got one, two, three, four, right after. five, six... <laughs> Uh, we got six items on the uh, for the news today. Um, uh, item number one, the Hawks lost to Colorado and Dallas this past weekend. These were big losses because uh, these were teams that were directly in front of them in the, uh, the wild card race. And uh, unfortunately, they didn't get any, any points out of those two games. Uh, so now the Blackhawks are sitting, let's see, five points back of Colorado and Minnesota, um, behind, uh, Dallas, Minnesota, Colorado, and, uh, Arizona. Did I say Arizona already? No. No. Wait, Arizona's yeah. ahead of us? Yeah. What? Yeah, they got 67 points. Oh, God. Um, and we got 18 games left in the season, so... It's not looking great uh, unless we go on a bit of a run here. Uh, Arizona's actually 8-2-0 and in their last 10. So they're, they're heating up. Oh, wow. Uh, Minnesota's actually 5-4-1, and which is more than I expected from them at this point, considering they just sold uh, Charlie Coyle, uh, Nita Ryder. Um, I think they made a couple of other moves. But... Uh, yeah, they're still ahead of us. I don't know. I expected them to kind of drop off a little bit. I think, um, who did Colorado get? They got, was it Broussard? Derek Broussard? In the trade? Yeah. Or, or did he go to um, Pittsburgh? I forget. But yeah, they they were buyers at the trade deadline. They're only going to get better. Um, our, uh, our, Sorry. our chances of uh, making the playoffs are not... Great. Right now, the Athletic has us at a 9% chance of making the playoffs. Which was down from, what was it, 25% before the Colorado and Dallas game? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, we really fell off after that. Uh, we did beat the Ducks. We're playing the Kings. Uh, as we're recording this, it's about it's about 3 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, so the Blackhawks, they're going to be dropping the puck in a couple minutes here. Um, hopefully, we'll wrap this up in time to catch the second period. Um. So, yeah, uh, long story short, it's not really looking like the Hawks are going to be making the playoffs unless they make a run, like I said. Uh, 
But we're uh, eighth in the draft lottery right now. We have the playoffs started today. With a 19% chance of landing a top three pick and a 6% chance of getting number one overall. I really just don't want Jack Hughes to go to Colorado. I yeah. want, if, if he's not going to go to us, I want him to go somewhere in the East. Yeah, I mean, hey, the Bulls got Derrick Rose with, like, the most minimal of odds, so yeah, you never know. I think we got Kaner when we were, like, 24th or something like that. Yeah, so, that's true. So you never know. Um, moving on. Number two. Uh, forward Spencer Watson has been acquired from the Kings in exchange for forward Matheson... Yacapelli. Uh, Yacapelli? Is that how you say that? Probably. Uh, Watson will report to the Ice Hogs. Um, uh, Yacapelli, I think, is one of those guys who's been around in the system for a couple of years. He was like a 2014 uh, draft pick. This seems like a change of scenery kind of move to me. Like, uh, our dud for their dud. Mm. You know? That's all I got to say about yeah. that. Isn't... Um... Wasn't Watson one of those free agents or restricted free agents? Or is he still just... Uh, I don't remember. I'm not sure. Anyways. Um, number three. Uh, Kajula suffers a concussion against Anaheim. Uh, not sure when he's going to be back. I think Saad has been uh, promoted to that first line with Kane and Taves. Um... That's unfortunate, but... Um, might be a few weeks that he's out, is my guess. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully he doesn't have um, uh, a timeline like, like Crawford did last year. Um, uh, but if I can be, you know, totally frank, he's not, like, a really, you know, a pivotal, like, really key player in our lineup, so it's not like we're going to miss him too much. Well, has um, been having... Has been doing fairly well on the team since he got traded. Yeah, he's I no, he fits in fine. He he slots into that top lineup just that top line just fine, but you know, it's there are, you know, six other guys who you can put in that spot and they'll do just as well as he did. Yeah. Um, then just because we're on the topic of Ant, we brought up Anaheim Kajula, Crawford started that game. He's oh back. yeah, Crawford's first game back. He's back. So my bold prediction that he'd come back for the Dallas game was incorrect. I think I was off by a game. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, if I had to review Crawford's performance that game, I would say it was okay. Uh, he's definitely got to shake off some rust, though. God damn it. Cat. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, i got to spray my cat because he's being a dick. He's... He seems unfazed by the spray bottle. He's trying to get something in the window. Is there some? Yeah, is there something up there? Is there a bug up there? It might be. I don't know. Um, okay, so Crawford, his first game back, uh, played against Anaheim. He didn't face a shot on goal for, I think, the first six minutes of the period or something like that. Um, they took it pretty easy on him at first. Uh, there was... There was that one really bad goal he gave up where he, he went to play the puck behind the net and he like totally misread the play and uh, didn't get back to the net soon enough. Um, 
Hawks goaltenders and losing pucks behind the net. Name a more iconic duo. Because <laughs> I feel like it's happened a lot with the Hawks. I don't know. I don't know. I guess. I mean, what was it? Was it a playoff series? I think it was where. I think it was Crawford. Every time he'd go behind the net to touch the puck, we would all be like yelling. We would all yell at him. Get get back in the net. Do you remember? I, that? I th- yeah, but I I think that's more us than him. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, there was there was that one moment. Um, they someone someone took a video and uh, put it on the hockey subreddit of uh, Corey Perry nearly colliding with Crawford and then like kind of gingerly pushing his head away. So uh, I don't know if that was a deliberate move to uh, avoid any you know. Um, any head contact with him, or if maybe it was just uh, coincidental and everyone's giving Corey Perry, Corey Perry too much credit, but um, assuming he assuming he meant to do that, you know, that was nice that he, you know, tried not to hurt our number one goaltender again. Well, we all know those stories about Corey Perry, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number one, Number five, I I added an item in here, so it's no longer six, it's seven. Number five, uh, Adam Boquist is the OHL's Defenseman of the Month for February. Um, I actually, uh, can you pull up his stats for February real quick? I didn't do that. Um, Yeah, Adam Boquist, uh, seventh overall pick for us uh, this past draft. Um, I don't know... I know everyone's kind of hoping that he'll make the team next season, but I don't know that he will. So I've, I've got the, the spray bottle trained on the cat because he keeps, like, scratching the screen. He's in his stupid cat tree, and he's trying to get something near the top of the window. Okay, I got it. So, for the month of February, Adam Boquist was the OHL Defenseman of the Month. He led all defensemen with 19 points, including 6 goals and 13 assists over 13 contests. He registered six different multi-point performances. You said 19 points in 13 games? Yep. And six multi-point games. Wow. Yeah. um, I I get the impression... I I mean, I'm not going to pretend that I know shit about prospects, but I get the impression from, like, uh, like the various... uh, like, Like the athletic writers and stuff, like the folks that I follow on... Twitter who actually know what they're talking about. I get the impression that uh, they don't expect Boquist necessarily to be ready to make the team out of camp next year. Um, just like Bodan, Boquist, and Mitchell, they're all having fine seasons at their respective levels, but it sounds like none of them are taking the quantum leap that uh, Yoki Haru took at the same time last year. So, uh, it's great that, you know, he's coming along. I think he's going to be, you know, a really huge piece for us someday, but I, I wouldn't expect him to be wearing a Hawk sweater in October. Uh, maybe, maybe January, though. I think 2021 he'll be, is when he'll join the team. That's my prediction. 2021? Yeah. Really? The 21 season. 
Oh, well, 2021 season. My bad. My bad. 2021 season. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I, I thought you meant like I'm October of 2021. No. I was like, yeah, he'll, that'll probably be like a sophomore year by then. Um, okay, so Adam Boquist, uh, good kid. Number six. Uh, I've got the latest Stanley Cup odds from... Um, Marco Lazarus tweeted this. I, I assume this is from um, Bo. What's Bo, Bovada? Bovada. I, I, wanted, I wanted to say Bodega, but that's not. Um, uh, they've got the Tampa Bay Lightning at four to one. They got the Toronto Maple Leafs at nine to one. Winnipeg Jets at nine to one. I, I'm not going to go to all the way down this list, but they've got the Blackhawks at 150 to one. Um, Ooh, we'd be rich. If yeah. We'd gamble on that. Yeah. Uh, bet on the Hawks. I don't expect to win though. Wow. Okay. So the Hawks and the Oilers, <laughs> the lowest odds. There are a couple teams I think that aren't even on here, like the like Ottawa. Ottawa's not even on this list. Um. <sighs> uh, according to the Athletics model, the Blackhawks have a point one percent chance of winning the Stanley Cup. Yikes. Yep. Uh. So you're saying there's a chance. They, they also give New Jersey, L.A., Detroit, and Ottawa 0% chances of even making the playoffs. 0%. Yikes. Yikes. And number seven, I've got the Hart Trophy odds right here. Um, again, I think this is from Bovada, Bodega, whatever. Um, it's got Kucherov at uh, 1 to 5, and it's got Patrick Kane at 3 to 1. I think the consensus seems to be that uh, if the Hawks miss the playoffs, then Kucherov is going to run away with the heart. If the Hawks make the playoffs, then it's a little bit more of a toss-up Yeah. between the two of them. So, I... So, here, here's an interesting thing real quick. Sorry mm-hmm. to Go. interrupt. But, um, I remember... So, Patrick Kane was the number two star for the month of February. Mm-hmm. And Kucherov was number one. Yeah, but Patrick Kane had better stats. Yes. So the, I heard that the only reason Kucherov won it was because Tampa had a better record. That's literally the only reason why Kane didn't win it. These, these like, these individual player accolades, I think, are like just kind of broken in the way that people determine them. Um, like, I, maybe you remember last year, there was this whole big uh, uh, controversy over uh, whether or not Connor McDavid should be in the uh, conversation for the heart last year. Um, now, if you look back at the last 20 years or so, the heart almost always goes to the same player who, went, who won the Art Ross, with the exception, I think, of like three years. Uh, Connor McDavid won the Art Ross last year. He had like 108 points, which was best in the league. And um, like there was a huge contingent of people who were campaigning for Connor McDavid to be in the conversation for the heart. But I think it wound up being what, Taylor Hall, Nathan McKinnon, and uh, uh, Andre Kopitar, I think. So he wasn't even and, a finalist? No. Wow. No. Uh, there was, uh, for every person who said that uh, Connor McDavid deserved to be in the heart conversation. There was another person who said that 
because Connor McDavid's team didn't make the playoffs, he didn't like he should be out of the the running entirely. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of curious how you feel about that, um, because the the title of the trophy is most valuable player, right? It's not most valuable player whose team makes the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But a lot of folks seem to believe that you need to make the playoffs for your team to have accomplished something great enough that you could be in the running for this award. So what do you think? I don't agree with it. Even even in the NBA, too. Like, it essentially goes to the player who had the best season in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Not... Like, it... It changes the value of most valuable. Like, mm-hmm. take the word valuable out. <clears throat> and then most sudden, player. Like, who is the most player? <laughs> essentially, at that point, is who's the best player. Okay. Which, okay. So... They already have an award for that, though. It's called the Art Ross. Right. So, I, I mean, to me, you know, if, if 90% of the time the Art Ross just goes to the, or excuse me, if the heart goes to the player who also won the Art Ross, then, like, why are they even two separate awards? Uh, so, you know, they should be figured differently. But at the same time, is, like... Yeah, Taylor Hall was super valuable to his team. Yeah, Nathan McKinnon was super valuable. Yeah, Andre Kopitar had an incredible comeback year last year. And all three of their teams made the playoffs. And yeah, I don't know that their teams could have made the playoffs without them. But were they really more valuable to their team than, say, Connor McDavid was to the Oilers? Or, you know, than Patrick Kane is to the Blackhawks right now? Mm -hmm. Like... The only reason that the Blackhawks ha- even have a prayer of making the playoffs is it's because of Patrick Kane. Which, that alone, by definition, is what a player is most valuable to his team because mm-hmm. he's giving them a chance to make the playoffs. He's keeping them afloat so as then, best as he can. So then should the heart just go to the player who has like the best wins above replacement? I feel like that would be the case. But from what I've noticed, hockey is not as analytical as, like, baseball or basketball. No. I mean, it's starting to head that direction as well, but it's still a long way out. Yeah, there's there's definitely that analytical contingent of people, especially, like, the younger folks. Um, I, I mean, you could even see it just like in the transition from like uh, Joel Quinville to Jeremy Colleton, mm-hmm. uh, Colleton is more embracing of analytics. He doesn't, you know, live or die by analytics. Um, but uh, when you compare guys like Colleton to, you know, more old school guys like uh, Quinville, Hitchcock, Babcock, uh, Tortorella, those guys who are very like eye test type of, right. you know, analyzers then and I feel like that's also part of the reason why the like the heart and like just MVP trophies and stuff like that in general are awarded the way they are Mm -hmm. because a lot of the writers and people that actually vote on who that winner is 
are older and they're more like purists of the sport than anything. Mm-hmm. They're not into the whole. They're not really into the analytics. They're not really buying into it. Mm-hmm. So that's also part of why, mm-hmm. like most people, certainly don't always agree with the choices because yeah. of that. <clears throat> so let's say that let's say that Tampa goes on to win the Stanley Cup and they do it because uh Kucherov scores like three hat tricks in the playoffs or something like that. Then I think you've got a pretty good Well, I guess Ow. Oh, that was claw. Did the cat stab you? <laughs> yeah. He's a little bastard. Um I guess that wins him the consmith for sure. But uh yeah, I don't I don't know, man. When when like not to not to downplay the amazing season that Kucherov is having because he's like running away with the Art Ross. But his he's also on a team that is it's as deep as they come. It's like it's probably the deepest team since what, the 2013 Blackhawks? Possibly, yeah. And I mean, you take Kucherov off, the Tampa Bay is still... Yeah, they're still going to make the playoffs. They, and they, they still have a legit chance of winning the President's Trophy without them. Yeah. Yeah, they're still going to make the playoffs. They they maybe still win the President's Trophy. They probably win at least one playoff round. I, I just don't see how Kucherov is more valuable to his team than Patrick Kane is to the 1819 uh, Blackhawks or... Than uh, Connor McDavid was to the seventeen eighteen Oilers. Yeah, I I think if they were just to change the definition of it, that would be it. Would make more sense. Oh, my Amazon package is here. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I I think just the way the title is or the award is named is what takes away from it mm-hmm. because it doesn't always go to the player who had the most value to their team. It essentially goes to the best player in the league. So if they renamed it to the best player in the league, then it would make more sense. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I'm just uh, I'm just looking at the Wikipedia article for the uh, the Hart Trophy. It says the Hart Memorial Trophy, originally known as the Hart Trophy, is awarded annually to the quote. Player judged most valuable to his team. So, yeah. Uh, Just to reiterate, I kind of feel like maybe the heart, like if, if, maybe the heart should just go to the guy with the the best wins above replacement. Yeah. Although that's a pretty hard thing to track too. Yeah. I guess... Especially in hockey, which is kind of a crapshoot. There's just so much luck involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, is, which is kind of one of my favorite things about hockey. Yeah, like that one article that we read a, while, a few years ago about how hockey has the most parity out of yeah. any sport. Yeah. I mean, case in point, fucking eight-seeded Nashville sweeping the Hawks. I, God, I was, abs- I was miserable after that series, but... You know, as I think most Hawks fans were. As a Hawks fan, I hated it. But as a hockey fan, I have to admit 
that that is an incredible narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, the the eighth seed coming out of nowhere and sweeping not only the first seed in the conference but one of the favorites to win the cup. Yeah. It's it's an incredible sports narrative. Or like the 2012 LA Kings, who I, I think they were an eighth seed that year, right? Were they an eighth seed? I think so. They, they were a wild card team at least, and uh, they fell to uh, three nothing against the Sharks in the first round, and then they reverse swept them and won in seven games, and then went on to win the Stanley Cup. Just another just incredible sports narrative. It's, it, I'm a big fan of that stuff. Um, you got anything else? Um, no, that's it. Okay, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to talk about the Blackhawks trade deadline. And we are back. Uh, Abe had a little correction for me about what I said before. It wasn't 2012 where the Kings reverse swept the Sharks. It was 2014. Um, they were an eight seed, right? I don't even know how it says. It says P3 here. P3. Maybe it's Pacific third seed? Yeah. And then maybe the Sharks like. were the second seed? Yep. I don't know. Someone out there knows. We, we're not going to look it up right now. Um... So, uh, oh, actually, the oh, that's right. So the the Hawks and the Kings are playing right now, and the Kings are up two nothing. Oh shit! On two power play goals. So it's going well for the Hawks right now. I think the Kings are on like a ten game losing streak, which is uh, not great for them, um, but it's fine for me. It's helping the Hawks tank. The, the Kings being on a losing streak is helping the Hawks tank? No. The Kings winning right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I'm, I'm kind of at that middling point where I don't really know if I want to be tanking or if I want to uh, still try to push for the playoffs. I don't know. I just don't want that situation where we miss the playoffs, but we also lose out on a, a high draft pick. Yeah. yeah. That's the worst case scenario. Yeah, I don't want like the 14th overall pick. That... I I'd, I'd like to be in the top ten if I can. Yeah. Um, preferably top five. Preferably top one. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, the Blackhawks moves at the trade li- deadline. Uh, here is a comp a comprehensive list of all of the acquisitions that the Hawks made at the trade deadline. And that's it. That's all of them. Uh, the Hawks did nothing. Uh, they did absolutely nothing at the trade deadline. Uh, it sounded like there were uh, there were some rumors out there that you know things were close to coming together. No, nothing specific that I knew of. Um, I didn't hear about you know any names or any potential trade partners, but I heard that like things were maybe coming together and then they just didn't. Uh, so the Hawks did nothing. They stood pat for the most part. They. Um, Except for the the one move that we mentioned earlier, the the AHL guy, the the AHL trade with the Kings, and then the trade that they made like two weeks ago with the Rangers. Yeah, I mean uh, at the same time though, like they did a bunch of trades prior to the trade deadline, so they probably obviously besides the obvious ones that the names that were tossed around, there wasn't really much else they could have done. So yeah, I get it. Yeah, no, I, I'm okay with this. Um, 
the hockey trades that they made earlier in the season, uh, Schmaltz for Strom, uh, Ruda for... No, not Kajula. Ruda for uh, whoever from the Lightning. Cuckoo. Cuckoo. Yeah, Ruda for Cuckoo. Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> um, uh, and um, Manning for Kajula. Those were those are good trades. They just weren't near the trade deadline, so people aren't talking about them anymore. Um, I know there were some people hoping that maybe. Um, that maybe Artem Anisimov would get moved. I actually think it's more likely that he gets moved after July 1st. And the reason for that is because... Um, so right now, he has a modified no-trade clause where he can present the Blackhawks with a list of 10 teams that he will allow them to trade him to. Uh, after July 1st, that modified no-trade clause completely disappears, and he can be traded to any other team. In addition to that... On July 1st, Artem Anisimov receives a $2 million signing bonus. Uh, and for after that, for the rest of his contract, for the remaining two years, uh, he is only owed $5 million in actual money. Um, and considering that his cap hit is 4.55 per season, that's actually not a bad deal. Nope. That's, that's only about half of what he's owed. So... Uh, maybe we can flip him to, like, a cap floor team, like the Rangers or the Canucks or somebody. I, I, I haven't looked in their, at their cap floor right now, but I know that those guys are rebuilding. So, um, or Carolina. I mean, Artie's a... I feel like we maybe talked about this last week. Like, Artie's a solid, like, like... Yeah, we did. He's a solid middle six center. Uh, he's just... He's, he's, he's just too expensive to be, you know... Our, our third line center right now. Um, especially when we could be using that cap space for, Panarin. you know. <laughs> Panarin's not coming to Chicago. He's going to the Rangers. That's, that's where he's going. That's, that's my bet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make that prediction right now. Panarin is going to the New York Rangers. Really? Maybe. He'll either go to the Rangers or somewhere else. That's my prediction. Hmm. 100% I'm right. Hundred percent. Um, I don't know. He likes Miami a lot. Maybe he'll go to the Panthers. He I, said, I, "I was gonna jokingly say he's going to Disneyland." <laughs> um, or going he said, to Disney. He said he wants to play for a big market team. So Florida's not a big. No, I just market. said that because he likes Miami. But uh, New York. So the, the Rangers, Rangers, the Rangers, or the, or the Islanders. Islanders. Uh. Or Buffalo, maybe. Actually, I don't think they've got the cap space for him. I think I think they're actually pretty close to the cap, you know, which sucks considering how bad they are. <laughs> um, Toronto? No, uh, Toronto couldn't even afford him. I'm sure they have cap issues of their own. No, they... We're nearing it. Yeah, no, they, uh, they, just, they just extended Matthews. They just extended uh, Nylander. And they... And they got Tavares. They got Tavares, who's making eleven million. Money. And they also have to extend Marner. Mitch Marner hasn't signed an extension yet, so uh, they've got they've got some stuff to deal with. But their team's pretty good already. I don't know that they need a uh, an elite scorer. They've they've already got their their generational talents. 
Did you um did you see like all the videos of like the Islanders fans booing Tavares when he went back to uh, uh Yeah, I sent it to you. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But did you watch them before you sent them? I did. Alright. Yeah, uh, that was pretty funny. Um they were chanting asshole, asshole, yeah, asshole. It started with boo and then it turned and... to asshole chants. Yeah. I, I almost wish that I were in that stadium that night because that just sounds incredible. Yeah. And I can understand why they're so upset. Um, you know, acting like he was going to stay with the team and then... It's like when um, Jimmy played his first game back at the United Center after being traded to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. They booed the shit out of him. Jimmy Butler? Yeah. Really? Yeah, they booed him. But he didn't... That wasn't his choice to be traded. He demanded. He, did, he didn't want to be in Chicago anymore. When they traded him to Minnesota? Yeah. For Markinen and Levine? Mm-hmm. It no, was, I thought... It was more of a him, like, trying to stir shit up to get traded. I thought he was upset after the trade because he wanted to be, like, the face of the franchise. No. No, that wasn't the case. Really? Yeah. Oh. Okay. So, is he just making trouble everywhere he goes? Pretty much. What a dick. Okay. Um, back to hockey. So, yeah, the Hawks did uh, pretty much nothing at the trade deadline. Meanwhile, um, the rest of the division stacked up. Yeah. Uh, lots of moves made. I don't want to go too much into everything. I do kind of want to talk about um, Columbus, though. Columbus uh, and uh, Jarmo Kekalainen, like, he had some balls on him because he I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna read out all the trades here uh, they got defenseman Adam Quaid they got uh, Keith Kincaid who's like a, a depth goaltender uh, they got uh, Ryan Dezingle uh, they got Matthew Shane Was that it? Ben Lovejoy. No, that's... Love Never mind. Okay. Wrong team. Anyway, they gave up a lot of stuff, and they got a lot of players, and they currently have, I think, just a third-round pick and a seventh-round pick this year. Um, instead, of, instead of playing it safe and uh, trading Panarin and Bobrovsky at the trade deadline, they decided to go all-in. Uh which is ballsy as hell. Yeah, which I honestly don't think it's going to work. I don't think so either. I I feel like they didn't have the, you know, a championship foundation no. there to begin with. Um Plus they it, could they could probably win their first playoff round in franchise history. I could maybe see that happening depending depending on who they get matched up with. They're they're Where, in, where are they sitting currently? Uh, I think they're in, I think they're in a wild card spot. Okay, so that would mean... But they've only played a handful of games Possibly since... the buzzsaw that is Tampa in the first round? Maybe. Uh, it, I mean, if they can get into either the first wild card or, like, the, uh, the, the second or third seed, then, um, then they can kind of avoid that. The Metro's pretty weak right now. Um, you know, by playoff standards. Like, the, the Caps are... You know, they're the Caps still, but they're not like the team that they were last year, I think. 
Although everyone said that they weren't the team they were two years ago, last year, and then they won the cup, so. Yeah. So, who knows? I, I'm At this point, I'm not ready to write anyone off, necessarily. Actually, I probably the first team I'd write off was Columbus. <laughs> but, um... And, oh, I really want... I really want Pittsburgh to miss the playoffs. Because they've had a, an interesting season over there. Did you know... Um, you do know because I sent it to you. I gotta find it. Uh, that thing that said that... Yeah, okay, I'm gonna read it. This is from um, The Athletic. Uh, While most teams expect to increase their championships, their championship odds with trade deadline additions, Pittsburgh's actually decreased their own by over 1% thanks to the addition of Goodbranson. Goodbranson? Goodbranson? How, how do you say that? I have no idea. I'm sure I'm butchering that. Uh, dropping them from over 6 to under 5%. That's hilarious. Yes, it is. Um, I think they also made a couple of hockey trades and stuff. They, they got the Brassard. And, where the hell is Brassard right now? Didn't... Uh, who was it? No. Colorado? Yeah, no, Broussard went to... Was yeah, Broussard's yes? now in Colorado. Okay, yeah. Yeah, uh, Pittsburgh traded with uh, Florida, and then Florida flipped Broussard over to Colorado. Um, okay, just real quick. I'm looking at these standings right now, and fucking Tampa already has 102 points. They are incredible. They, they just... They can probably get to 120. Uh, they're on pace for 125. Wow. If if they if they you know if they get hot like I mean they've been hot all year but if they get even hotter then they could maybe best the uh, like imagine if they won like 12 or 15 straight they could easily best the uh, the 06 Red Wings who I think had like 132 points. Uh, 76, 77 Montreal Canadiens had 132 points. Hmm, okay. The Red, the 06 Red Wings were up there. It was like 128 or something. They were up there. Um, that's, that's about, about all I got for the, uh, 113. the trade deadline. 113, was that it? Mm-hmm. Or, oh, here we go, 58. 5860 the 0506 record. Okay. Yeah. That was 116 plus 824. Wow. Okay. That's a lot. Yeah, so Tampa's probably going to beat that. They're on pace for 125. Uh, do you got anything else to say about the Hawks trade deadline? No, other than they didn't do shit because they already made most of their trades. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think they're going to do over the summer? I think I think forward. they're I think they're waiting for the for the off season to pull off trades and signings. Yeah. Like if they do anything else. Um, like I said earlier, probably a good chance that Anisimov gets moved or yeah. that they at least try to move him. Yeah. Um, That's I what think I see for sure. Ward is not coming back. No. No, I don't think they're signing him. Well. Yeah. No. It's it'll probably be. Crawford and Delia, so no need to put another like three million on the books with Ward. Um, I'm actually gonna pull up Cap Friendly right now and just 
look at our uh, our cap situation for next season. I'm gonna talk real slow. So let's see, fifty nine point eight million is uh, what it's projected to be, but that's like without re-signing, uh, 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 doing um, uh, qualifying offers for any of their uh, uh, pending RFA's like Dylan Sakura and Brendan Perlini and uh, guys like that. Um, so I don't know. Maybe it's closer to like sixty four million. 65 million mm -hmm. but well, I guess yeah they got some depth guys who got to be reassigned too I don't know what they're going to do with Forsberg um, I don't know uh, do you think they're going to sign a forward a defenseman both I think we need one of each yeah I, I really think we need one of each because I agree the defense the, the defensemen we have currently are not great Mm -hmm. with the exception of Yoki Haru. Then Keith and Seabrook are going to have another year on them, which obviously their stuff is going to go down. Yeah. Uh, they're going to just keep getting slower and slower. Then I, I mean, you have Gustafson, which it'd be nice if he can figure, like, improve his defense because his offense is done wonders for the team. Mm -hmm. I think... But then the rest of them are just really like bottom six players that we have on the defensemen. Yeah. I don't know that you're going to find a defenseman in free agency who's going to agree to only like two years or something. And I say that because it's, it's it'll probably be like two years before our, our big four are all everyday NHL players who are like really impactful and like ready to make a run at the cup, um, so I think you probably got to trade for uh, a top four. Mm -hmm. um, you probably yeah you got to trade for a guy who's got like two years left on his contract and then uh, try to extend him. Yeah, either extend him or you know let him let him go or trade him or say you know like just to make sure that there's. Because we're gonna have cap space this off season, and we can sign some, we can sign some impact players without having to, uh, uh, you know, like give up very much in terms of our roster as we have it right now. But um, lost my train of thought. Uh, Hawks bad need to get good. Yeah, basically. <laughs> But, like, the other thing I can't see the Hawks doing with, like you said, possibly training for a top four defenseman, um, just keeping, I mean, really, it's, like, worst case scenario, they could trade for someone and then possibly end up flipping them if it ends up being another lost season or something at some point. I mean, that's, I can see that happening too, but... Kings are up 3 nothing. Yikes. But really, it'd be good to trade for one and then do an extension. I mean, I don't know that an extension is going to be necessary a couple of years down the road because we do have all these high-end prospects in the system, plus Keith and Seabrook, who are signed through uh, the end of time. 
Mm -hmm. um, plus Gustafson, plus Murphy. Yeah. But so we we've we've got a lot of we don't we've got we got a lot of guys and we got to figure out who's gonna. Dog's fucking with the cat. Um, it's uh, we need more good guys. Is yeah. the thing. Um, yeah, and then one one more thing too that I was just about, I just remembered that while I was saying, um, like in order for us to land a top four players, we'd have to give up one of those defensive prospects as well. So keep that in mind. Right. Most likely, we'd have to give one up, if not two. Which, right. at the same time, I kind of wouldn't mind. If if we have to give up one or two of those guys, then maybe it does make more sense to uh, re-sign whoever we acquired. Um, if we go out and get a top four guy, and it costs us, like, Bodan and Mitchell, mm -hmm. you know, then so be it. Uh, because Kane and Taves aren't getting any younger, and... Uh, Keith and Seabrook really aren't getting any younger. Yeah, because then you'd have... we got to get back in the mix. Because you'd have um, Keith and Seabrook, Yoki Haru, Gustafson, that possible top four guy, and then you Murphy. have... Oh, yeah. That top four guy in Murphy. And then Murphy, you have... And then um, you got to make Bo room Dan for and, um, Boquist. Is it Boquist? Yeah. Boquist. Yeah, you have Boquist down there mm -hmm. still. So I see it working. All right. Uh, my wife is back, so uh, let's wrap this up. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, uh, tweet at us on Twitter. We're at SweaterPod. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, corrections, uh, let us know. We should be back in about a week. Um, that's all I got. Go Hawks. Bye. Bye.